Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com. At the beautiful grounds of Silver Birch Ranch. They are still beautiful. Yeah, always. They are beautiful. There's less trees. Less trees. More park-like. Yes. More branches. It depends on how you look at it. It, It's either a dense forest or a park. Yes, and it's a mix of both. It is. Which is good. And we invite you to go over to silverbirchranch.org and check it out because we'd love to have your group up here Yeah. to serve. And uh, if you come and you want Jason or I to be a part of uh, teaching the Bible and challenging the group that comes, we invite you to do that and ask if we're around that particular weekend you want to come. And we'd be glad to um, interact with you, Uh, maybe both of us if we're around or one of us. Uh, it'd be kind of fun to be able to meet some of those that listen to Younger Older and, and let them participate in some of the things we do at Silver Birch Ranch. Yeah. Uh, if you're confused, Silver Birch Ranch is like the mothership. I mean, yes. that's that's we're on the grounds. They have about 100 acres here in White Lake, Wisconsin, and we serve churches from all over the country. And if you were here this summer, you realized that we had literal ships. We did. Actually, yes. we still do. Yes, we're still we working do. on taking them down. Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so that's a camp that you can get involved in in the summer or year-round on weekend retreats if you live uh, Chicago, Minneapolis area, some come from Indiana and all over the place to, to get involved with us for a weekend. And we love serving the local church. And in context of all that, we have a place called Nicolay Bible Institute. Say what? That's right. Nicolay Bible Institute is a one-year college that really teaches the Bible and teaches you how to die to yourself. Hmm. And I recommend it for every young person that's either coming out of high school or finishing college to take a year at a place like Nicolay Bible Institute. Or really anybody in general. Anybody. And so go to nicolaybibleinstitute.org and look it up, and we challenge you to uh, check it out for a one-year schooling experience for you. Yeah. Uh, And if you're a high schooler listening and you want a free day off of school, as a senior, they give you free days off. I don't know if you knew this. That's right. But they give you, I don't know how many. I don't know if it's Did they do that when we were young? I think they did it when I was in school. Yeah, I don't even remember. You got an excused absence if you went and visited a college. I never went and visited a college. So you can use your excused absence to come and hang out with us for a day. That'd you be can. Fun. That would be fun. If you do it on the right day, you might be able to watch us do this program. Uh, you can so, even join us. That's right. We'll put you on the air. And if you're a rocket scientist, we'd love to have you even more. Even more. And a rocket scientist should enroll in, in Nicolay Bible Institute so that you know you have a Bible background. That's important. That's right. Because that, that's something we want to know that rocket scientists actually know. And you have no, <laughs> you have no clue what we're talking about. That's right. You just have to listen to our past episodes and see why we're joking about rocket scientists. Yes. Uh, then we have a ministry uh, called The Refuge, and you can go check that out at wolfriverrefuge.org. If you uh, want to get together with a small group on a, on a property, it's just gorgeous on the river, the Wolf River up here in northern Wisconsin. We have a property that does that. And uh, you're listening to a program that's produced in the studios of Relate365.com, which is kind of an educational branch of uh, going out over the, the airwaves and, and YouTube and that kind of thing. So yeah. we invite you to go to Relate365.com and check it out. So that's the whole kit and caboodle there. I knew you were going to say kit and caboodle. You knew that? Yeah, what's, what's a kit and caboodle? Spell it for me and I'll tell you. K I. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think so. I don't have to say because you don't know how to spell. All right. You know what? I, I do want to talk about something, though, that's, that is probably well worth our time pondering. To ponder. To ponder. Because in the Bible, there are some very basic things that are said that are also, when you think about them, they are things that you go, really? That's true? How can that be true? Mm-hmm. 
Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. How do you do that? How do you how do you how do you bless the Lord at all times and have his praise continue in your mouth when things get rough? I think I th- it's really more of a mindset than anything. Okay. You know, because I think I think oftentimes we base everything on feelings, but I think you have to move beyond that in order to really bless the Lord at all times. All right. You know, and so it's really a mindset. Yeah. L- let me just ask you questions. Are you thankful that God is consistent in his love for you? Yes. So when things get really ugly in your life, mm-hmm. is his love still consistent for it you? It is still consistent. So you can bless the Lord right there right, by being thankful for the fact that his love is consistent even in the worst of times. Absolutely. So in the idea of the storm that went through Silver Birch Ranch and trees flying all over the place, does God's love still abound there? Absolutely. Is his purpose still going to be fulfilled through the work of Silver Birch Ranch? Yes. So he still loves us. He's still got a plan. That's why I can bless the Lord at all times. Now, if I don't know God and he's not a part of my life, everything's random. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a miserable creature because everything's random and I want all the randomness to go my way. And when it doesn't, I get bitter. And then I blame a God I have not even included in my life and I don't know, which doesn't make any sense. No. So it'd be like this. If something went wrong, I'm, I'm inviting our listeners. When something goes wrong in your home, blame Jason. Yeah, let me know. Just say, oh, Jason. Man, if Jason really cared, this wouldn't happen. You would all say that's ridiculous. Of course it is. Right. You know, it, Jason has nothing to do with our decision-making process. At least I sure hope so. No, yeah. <laughs> and, and not only that, you know, you're blaming somebody you don't even know yeah. wh- what he's about, where he is right now. Yeah. And, and people who don't know God, don't know what he's about, don't understand anything about him, and then they blame him for the things that go wrong. Yeah. It's like, really? How can you do that? You, you've never spent any time getting to know him. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I've said this often on the other program, Nighttime, that we do. If you are disappointed with God, you don't know him. Mm. And if you're angry with God, you don't know him. If you're not listening to God, you don't know him. See, it all goes back to that same principle. Yeah. And I would suggest Psalm 34, 1, if you really know him, you're able to bless the Lord at all times, and, and his praise will continually come out of your mouth yeah. because you know him, not because of the circumstances. Yeah. The Bible doesn't say that the circumstances is what you bless. Mm-hmm. It's that you bless the fact that, that the Lord is in your life. You bless the Lord. You, you are somebody who says, you know what, I love the Lord. In the midst of all this trial, um, I love the Lord. Uh, if you haven't been to Relate365.com recently and you haven't downloaded some programs that we have, there's some programs that we've been doing with uh, myself and a guy named Nate, and that's listed on Relate365.com website. Yeah. And that basically is talking about a cancer journey he's going through. And if you want to hear somebody who basically has got the news that you know, he might have about six months to live. And if you want to hear somebody talk about blessing the Lord at all times and the praise that continue comes out of his mouth, I would encourage you to go download those programs that Nate and I have done. Absolutely. Because he's somebody in the middle of these problems right now. Yeah, it's right in his face. And, I, and he's invited me. As long as he's alive and capable, if you want to talk to him personally yeah. about the struggles in your life, you contact us through relate365.com 
and we'll be glad to to forward it over to him and have him yeah and uh, he would love to talk you. to you he yeah, would love to talk to you so i think when you read something like psalm 34 1 you have to say okay i will bless the lord at all times why wouldn't i bless the lord at all times since that's the real goal of life is to be able to do that why wouldn't i and now you got to get that corrected mm-hmm. and it could be a host of reasons yeah so let me read another verse to you yeah ephesians 5 20 these are esv by the way uh version they're esv Yes. Now, before we go on there, there might be people listening that say, see, the Bible's got all these different versions, so it says different things. Can you help us understand, Jason, when I say version, do I mean the Bible is different? No. So what is, why, why are we talking about what version it is, and why isn't the Bible standard? It's, it's just the way it's been translated. So uh, the Bible is originally lit, written, I can't even talk. There you go. So try to translate that to yeah, somebody who doesn't know I English. will not try. <laughs> but really, we're taking a different language, translating into English. And so when it comes to certain words, you want to try to grasp the entire meaning of it. Okay. And so sometimes you might, you know, use different vocabulary, even though it has a similar meaning. And that's where you get the different versions, you know. And so say, for instance, you know, you use the word... Um, I can't even the the instead of the right. You know, I mean that's a you know or fairly you. simple. Or uh, you, you know, I mean the the, the bottom the line or really. Thou, you know, yeah. or yeah, or, you might, or or sometimes people choose bigger words that you might not understand, like propitiation. Right. You know, so if you have an older version, like a maybe a KJV, it might say propitiation. Right. You know, whereas I've heard to say to you, it's like I don't know what that means. So then you take that idea of the word and you break it down into a a word that captures the same meaning but is more understandable to the everyday English reader, right. essentially. So and essentially so, the Bible wasn't written in English. The long and short of it, yes. Yeah, and it had to be translated. Right, and so different people try to translate it, capturing the meaning using words. And, and so, you know, and, and, and that's what we're going to jump into. You know, we're going to be talking about even in the what we're going to be reading, there's different words, words. that they use that yeah. are trying to capture the idea. Yeah. And and what's important to realize is that even the translators differ in how they thought they should translate. Yeah. So back in the King James day, they translated it into the common language. And so a lot of people read that old Bible and think that's the original. It isn't. It just got translated basically from Hebrew and Greek. And it got translated. And back then they used to say thou art and all that kind of stuff. And so the Bible says that if it's a King James version. Right. Well, we don't speak King James English anymore. That'd be kind of interesting if we did. Yeah, but... How we, art thou, Dave? Art thou find me? I no, don't know. What, I don't even know art. how to answer you. How art thou art? Yeah, I, I, I have no idea how to talk in how that language. How art thou art with your art? Yeah, there you go. If your anyway, name's sorry, art, you can get away. totally confused. That's right. The bottom line really is it was really appropriate in the King James's day to speak that way. Yeah. However, we don't speak like King James anymore, so there's been more translations that have brought it into more of a modern English yeah. because the Bible was never written in English, so we keep keeping up with the modern way that we speak. It, they don't say different things. They right. just So we need to be careful when we read it to not just say, well, this version, that version, it's so confusing to me. It's really not if you take a second to realize what translation means. Right, and even a lot of the times, if you were to look at the translations next to each other, they're trying to get at the same idea. Right. You know, and sometimes even where they may differ, there's footnotes. Right. You know, because they're still trying to figure out, like, what's the best way to capture this idea that was, you know, whether it be Greek or Hebrew, 
into English. Yeah. You know, just like uh, if if you're out there and you know a different language, sometimes there's just words that don't translate well. Right. You know, at least I mean, I I've taken Spanish and and I and and I've talked to people who know Spanish, and sometimes they try to explain something to you, but there's no good way in English to do it. Right. And so and so that's where like you get some of the, the things within the different versions is that they're trying to capture the idea and explain it. Exactly. And, and that's c- critical to understand, actually, as you go through the Bible. Uh, in fact, there are two major philosophies when they translate the Bible. There's, right. there's a word for word and a thought for thought. Yeah. And, you know, both of them, when I look at it, seem valid. Yeah. Because we're using words to describe something. So one group of translators believes the thought is what's important. Right. So they try and translate it so that we get the same thought as the original. Right. Another group believes every word is critical and we translate it word for word. Yeah. So the word for word translations are normally the ones that the more scholarly people flow to. Yeah. And it's normally those that are a little bit but more. But they com- don't read well. They That's don't read the as well. Right. Yeah. And so they're a little bit more cumbersome. Yeah. And the thought for thought, they just read better. Yeah. And if I am one who is new to reading a Bible, I want to go with a thought-for-thought Bible. Yeah. Because it, the flow of it's a little easier. It doesn't say anything different, by the way, than the word-for-word. Word. It just captures the thoughts yeah, a little bit the different. the sentences read Yeah, they read easier. better. Yeah. And uh, by that, I would mean th- there would be like a New Living Translation you could read. Or yeah. Somebody asked me once a kid, you know, and I've heard this before when I was growing up, you know, what translation should I use? And I said, whatever one you'll actually read. That, that's 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 funny. I said the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Like I don't care which one you read, as long as you read it. Yeah. And now again, if there's if there's one that people are changing the meaning and making it all up, that's another story. Right. So you want to stay with kind of the the, the mainline ones at this point because yeah. you know they're translated right. So the ESV would be more of a word for word. I believe the NIV is more of a thought for thought yeah. kind of Bible. The New Living Translation is 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 a really easy thought for thought to yeah. read more. You know, colloquialisms, which is language that we use on an everyday basis in there. So you can look at it and see um, which one might be uh, easiest for you. But I would suggest you getting a Bible, understanding how the translation works so that you're not frustrated with the Bible. Right. Uh, And then when we read verses like this one from Ephesians 5.20, it says this. Giving thanks always for everything to God, for uh, God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. I look at that and it says, giving thanks always for everything. Hmm. Uh, how do you do that, Jason? I mean, aren't there things in your life that you just say, this stinks? There are. So how do you give thanks always and for everything? And I think it's, I think it's, it, it's going back to what we kind of talked about at the top of the episode. It, it's, it's reminding on the things that are constant. Okay. You know, so God is God. I am not. Right. God loves me. Okay. You know, and so even though I might be going through circumstances where I might feel. Is, thank, is being thankful a feeling? Uh, or does it cause a feeling? I think it causes a feeling. I, I would agree. Being thankful yeah. is an attitude. Yeah. And feelings are attached to our attitudes. Right. So it, it's when people are saying, I just don't feel thankful. You yeah. know, I just got diagnosed with cancer. I have to go through chemo. I don't feel thankful. It's like. Well, you shouldn't feel thankful about that. Right. What are you thankful about if you just got diagnosed with cancer and you have to go through chemo? Mm-hmm. So if I were to ask you, what should I be thankful about if I'm going through chemo? What would it be? 
that you have a God who loves you. Exactly. That there's a plan. That there's yeah, an there's, eternity. Yeah, there's that eternity and this life is temporary. And yeah, and, yeah. That you actually know Him. That you have right. hope. I mean, there's things to be thankful for. Right. And and if you're just joining us for the first time, I want to encourage you. We just did a, an episode where we kind of talked about that mentality and living with eternity in mind. So head over to relate three sixty five. Um, dot com and you can download that podcast because it, it really ties into our discussion now about this thankfulness idea because you can do it even in the hardest of circumstances. In fact, First Thessalonians five eighteen says, "Give thanks in all circumstances, all." Yeah, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting if you say, "I want to do what God tells me." If I'm convinced that it's His will. Well, it says right here that the will of God is that you give thanks in all circumstances. Mm -hmm. I think it's important, again, to differentiate between feeling good about something and being thankful for something. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were times where my football coaches, when I played football, would grab me by the face mask and say, you did a terrible block out there. It wasn't a feeling that I liked. I am thankful for their honesty. Yeah. See the difference there? It's not that I'm rejoicing in the fact that I did something wrong. The thankfulness comes from the fact that somebody who cares about me and helped me correct it is telling me that I needed to correct that. And and that's important for me to be able to live in that context. Yeah. You know, I, I remember uh, Nate, who has been doing the program with us and he has cancer. One of the things he said that struck me on his recent note to all of us was that he was thankful that the oncologist was honest with him about what was going on. Yeah. Okay, that's what we're talking about. Right. There, there's a thankfulness in the midst of a circumstance. Right. He didn't say that I am thankful for the circumstance. I'm thankful for the cancer. Right. He said I am thankful for the honesty concerning the cancer so that I can make decisions based on what truth is and not based on what I just want. Right, absolutely. So when I say give thanks in all circumstances, I can do that because I'm thankful for the fact that all circumstances are ultimately controlled by God. Yeah. And I can trust him. He's older than I am, smarter than I am, and loves me. I can trust him, and I need to do that. And I'm thankful that I have a relationship with him that will trust him. Yeah. Um, this year in our youth club, our theme is a jigsaw puzzle. Jigsaw puzzle. That's our theme. We always have some kind of simple theme. Okay. And the jigsaw puzzle is simple. If I were to give you a single piece of a jigsaw puzzle, yep. and let's say it was a really small piece, and it was from the middle of the puzzle, yep, and ask you to tell me what that puzzle is about, could you do it? Absolutely not. Could you even tell me how many pieces were in the puzzle? Nope. And why not? Because I have no idea what the bigger picture is. You don't. And I only gave you one piece. Right. And I assume you haven't given me the box. I haven't given you the box, and I'm not going to. No. In fact, the kids in our club, what we do as far as one of the games is they spill a box of puzzles out for each team, and they have to figure out how to put it together and how it fits without the cover. Mm. And it's really a good exercise in the fact that they have to look at each piece and evaluate it against all the other pieces. Now, you can tell which one are edge pieces. and you, I mean, eventually yeah. you can get this thing together. And they're still doing it because you gave them a 1,000-piece puzzle. Right? No, no. <laughs> Actually, they were pretty small. I think they were like 24 pieces or something, so they weren't okay. massive or we'd be there all night. Oh. And and some of them got it right away and, yeah. and some of them didn't. But it's funny. The girls got it right away and the guys were slower. Uh, what that, are you trying to say? I'm not trying to say anything. Um, <laughs> but in the process of doing that, what what we're trying to teach them is – That a single piece of the puzzle at any given moment does not give you the complete picture. Right. 
But understand this, there is a complete picture. Mm -hmm. And what you need to do is be diligent enough and willing enough to understand that you have one piece of the whole puzzle. Maybe you have several pieces. Maybe there's even pieces now that as you get older, like I am, you're sliding together going, oh, that makes sense. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. And they're actually fitting together and making a picture. And you like what you're seeing because you've been faithful and you're looking at this makes sense. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll give you an example of that, a simple example. When I was uh, in in grade school, um, I got cut from a no-cut baseball team. Mm-hmm. I was terrible at baseball. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember the reaction of my brother. And, of course, he's your brother. And he goes, you're that bad? You know, I mean, the, the answer was yes, I, I was that bad. And I won't go into great detail, but it's very humiliating as a kid to get cut from a no-cut baseball team when they advertise that nobody's bad. I would imagine. And, yeah. And, and yet you're the only guy in the whole park district in Chicago that got cut. It's like there's no future in baseball for me, I guess. <laughs> um. So I went home, and my dad just, we actually went to the, the, the guy who ran the park district, lived down the street, and we went and talked to him, and I eventually got to play, but that, was, nah, that wasn't good. Um, I'm not good at baseball. Mm. What position did you play? Uh, well, they put me wherever anybody else couldn't play at a moment, you know, mm. uh, most likely right field where I could count clovers or, you know, whatever else goes on out in right field. Gotcha. Um, I played just about everything because... The, the coach felt he had to put me in somewhere. So whatever, you know, go play there for a minute, you know, and then you were done. No, yeah. Wherever it was, they hoped nobody hit it to you and you were done. Yeah. Um, so, you know, notice now at my age, I'm looking back on that and I'm not destroyed by that. Right. But there was a time where it was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too long after that. I got diagnosed with a congenital hip problem and I was in a wheelchair for a while. Mm. I was the kid in the Chicago public school that every kid made fun of. Yeah. I was that kid who just didn't make it well. And and what's interesting at that particular point is that I look at it now and I look at those times where I was put in a wheelchair, where I didn't make the baseball team, as times that helped shape who I am today. Yeah. Uh, I went on from that and eventually, you know, I, I was the last guy people picked for teams and all that kind of stuff. My brother, on the other hand, was a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. And so we, we went through life in a, in a contrast. So then as life went on, as I got into high school, the doctors told me, well, you're healed. You, you know, for some reason, your hips are fine. I, they told me originally I'd never play football again. And, um, and so I started swimming in high school originally. Mm-hmm. And my first race was a 100-yard sprint race, which is four laps of the pool. Um, I did two and everyone else was done. Wow. I needed to do two more. Hmm. And I was that bad. Wow. I, I mean, everywhere I went in my earlier life, I got, I got pointed out that I am not even close to being good mm-hmm. at anything. Now, my parents loved me, but my dad was a pastor. Right. So I figured he got stuck with damaged merchandise. Mm. And he just had to because that's what pastors have to do. So really, the love of your family didn't even count at that point. Yeah. Then in high school, I was able to play football, and I started to play football, started to play hockey. And now everything turned the other way. By my sophomore year swimming, I was undefeated. Uh, my body started to change, and I went the other way. Went to play college football, and I played uh, a one year of college hockey, and just really enjoyed the sports. Was risen to the level, even uh, voted number one player in my division and in our state in college, and and so I great success. Now all of a sudden, I, I used to know what it was to walk out on a field, a football field, and have people cheer your number and cheer your name. 
Mm-hmm. And then my senior year, before I ever started, I tackled a guy in the first play, the first scrimmage, and snapped some ten- tenants off my fingers and never played again. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only reason I share that is because as you look at those circumstances in life, um, as I look back on them now, what I really realize is that God was shaping my experiences, my experiences so that when I'm my age, I can relate to people. Mm-hmm. Today, when I go and I talk to people, I talk to kids, I talk to seniors, I talk to people that have disabilities, I talk to athletes who think they're you know, the God's gift to the world. I've been in all those positions now. And so God used that, hindsight, he used all that to, to shape and mold me into the man that I am. Yeah. So when, I, when you look at this and you say 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, give thanks in all circumstances, what I think we're saying right there is you got a piece of the jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. But if you know the one who has the cover, just if you don't get how that piece fits in yet, put it off to the side. Right. And be thankful that there's a cover. Absolutely. Be thankful that it's not over yet that you have a chance to see how they all fit. And when you do have a chance to see how they all fit, it's going to be marvelous. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this is not a correct phrase, but I call that jigsaw puzzle theology. Mm-hmm. And it, it, nobody teaches it anywhere, and it's not really in the Bible, so please don't teach it as if it is and say you heard it from me. <laughs> but that's my own little thought process in it, because yeah. you can give thanks in all circumstances. In fact, Jeremiah 9, 24 says, but let him who boasts, boast in this. All right, so if you want to really be someone who likes to boast, here's what you can boast in if you're going to. Mm-hmm. That he understands and knows me. Mm. I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Yeah. The thing, if I want to brag about, isn't my ability to play baseball or my lack of ability. It's that I know God. Yeah, Absolutely. And anybody can know God, whether you're in a wheelchair today, whether you're the the world's most wealthy paid athlete, whether you're the president of a a CEO of a big company, or whether you're the janitor of the company, doesn't matter. Here's what's important to know God. And the only way to know God is to spend time with him. Yeah. If you're going to spend time with him, amazing things can happen. All of a sudden, the puzzle pieces, even the ones that you don't get, you're okay with because you know in time. And that's where I think the giving thanks, giving thanks in all circumstances, the blessing of the Lord at all times, and the boasting and, and actually knowing God, that, that's where the confidence in life comes from. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come from knowing how each piece fits. Yeah. You know, in fact, each piece, I, I, in my mind, I have all the pieces, when I look at the pieces, just different instances, there are some that have yet to slide into the puzzle. Yeah. And I think that God is honored because I think it's biblical right. that I just say, well, they don't fit yet. Yeah. Love God. You won't be disappointed, I promise. Absolutely. And it keeps you on your toes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, that's the end of this discussion. We thank you guys for joining us. I encourage you to go and listen to other of our discussions. Head over to Relate365.com where you can download other younger and older podcast uh, sessions, or you can check out other ones. If you have trouble sleeping, Dave has a podcast where he'll put you to sleep called Nighttime. Um, and some Good other- evening. That's right. His nice booming voice will just lull you to sleep. 
Um, otherwise, head over to silverbridgeranch.org if you're looking for a way to get away and just be challenged, um, get away from the busyness of life and, and just spend some time with God. We'd love to have you up here for a retreat for one of our men's retreats, women's retreats, father-son retreats. You know, we do a bunch of variety of different things. So head over there and check it out. But we thank you guys for joining us. We will see you here next time on Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. Take care. Bye-bye.